Welcome to another episode of The Hulo Show with me, Chris Sanchez. Hey, what's up? You know what's crazy? Have you ever stole anything? Uh, Besides my heart. Uh, it's not because we're a big fan of Michael Jackson, but we are a big fan of Michael Jackson. <laughs> but, you know, the stigma is All so right. hot. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to The Hulo Show podcast. Um, today, I have a, a good friend of mine um, back from the old school. His name's James Narvaez. Um, out of Las Cruces, um, and we're going to have a pretty deep discussion as far as um, some life-changing events that have gone and uh, impacted him and his family, and, and um, say uh, say what's going on, James. Well, what's happening out there, man? Glad Not to be on much. the Kulo Show. Right on, man. Uh, hey, should, uh, I say, should I say the Kulo Show, like the way you pronounce it, or should I be more Chicano and say Kulo? The Kulo Show, yeah. Yeah, no, it's... I, I think it's the right way, the Chicano way. To, All right. Yeah. <laughs> the Kulo the Kulo Show podcast. There you go. But um, just kind of a little backstory with uh, James. I've known him for a really long time. Uh, did some elementary time with him back in the day and uh, had an opportunity to coach him or coach with him in football with a couple of great uh, friends of ours, mutual friends, uh, Manny Pacheco, Tom Benavides, stuff like that. And um, James is a big Chicago Bear fan. That's right. Bear down. <laughs> bear down. Yeah. So he had a he had a great win last night, man. That was that was pretty good. Yeah, man. I mean, they came out. You know, they came out on fire. The office was a little bit shaky, but um, they kind of got their bearing straight towards the end. I think uh, you know we're gonna build up. That pick six build was up, awesome. Uh, yeah. Day by day, or well, not day by day, but game by game, I think we'll be getting better, man. It's just going to take time with the new head coach and quarterback. So, looking forward to it. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, the Ravens are uh, there. I, I don't know what they're doing, man. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> they look good. Like, uh, they'll go out of series and then look really hot. And then they start mixing things around and start digging too deep into the into the playbook. And then all of a sudden, it's like, Oh man, we should just kept the, the same game plan that we started out yeah. with. Like I don't get it, but yep. But anyway, man. Um, so let's kind of get to the heart of the matter, man. Um, could you explain to the listeners like what has happened in the past? You know, since the beginning of the year, and 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 what I mean by that is not only are we do we want to talk about the events that have gone through in your life, but we want to talk about what you're doing to be proactive with, um, with helping out the, you know, the event that happened in your, in, in your family's life. Well, I mean, um, I guess you could say it's been a, it's been a, it's been a quite a long battle, uh, for my son. Um, depression is a pretty, pretty crazy thing. Anxiety. Um, not too sure as far as how, you know, when it all started, but I do remember him being this way even in high school. And it's 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 always been something that's that's been in the back of my mind with him, worried about him quite a bit. Um, you know, and then slowly as he got older, uh, and they moved out, you know, I didn't really get the chance or the opportunity to see him as much. So of course, you assume everything's okay, and well, you hope anyway everything's okay. And uh, you know, and. You know how kids get, and you know how we were when we finally moved out. You, you know, you 
just go and party down and do your kind of thing. And, and I, I think that kind of set him back a little bit, you know, getting the, the alcohol involved with him. Um, partying to a certain extent's, you know, okay, but I think it was getting to be a little too too much. But that being said, um, you know, he had an event like this a couple of years ago that, uh, you know, he, he had attempted uh, suicide. Mm-hmm. And uh, it uh, it scared the living hell out of us, obviously. And, uh, you know, that was definitely life-changing thing for us because, you know, we, we on this end here, talking about me and my wife and whoever else uh, that we had notified at the time because we kind of kept it under wraps for a while until we decided to just tell the family. But, yeah. um, you know, it, it's something that was affecting us every night, too. And I know, I know it was affecting him. So... You know, somewhere down the line, I think he decided to make more of a life change and he decided to move out of his uh, his apartment where he was at, where he felt like he was just getting into nothing but trouble over there and too much, you know, too much drama, stress, et cetera, et cetera, and all this, just live, trying to live life. And he finally moved back home. So, you know, he moved back home and, uh, you know, his situated, pay off some bills and, you know, and I was going to help him out as much as I could. Yeah. And, you know, man, his, his life was, to me, was coming together. Everything looked a whole lot different. He was making music. Um, you know, he was high into making music and, and beats and those kind of things. And also he's a great songwriter, yeah. um, musician. And uh, this, uh, this February of this year, I don't know what triggered it, what happened, you know, how, and then, you know, like I said, all of a sudden in February, um, I don't know if he had a bad night or what, but the decision came on his part to, uh, you know, commit suicide. So um, if, if we can go back a little bit with, um, like, him him as a, as a kid, I, I think that, I know, like, I've had some friends pass away, I've had... Um, you know, impacts like that, friends, family, and stuff like that. And I, I always go back to the kid, you know, like doing like our little bendejadas when we were kids, you know, like whether it's throwing rocks at a train or just just stupid shit. Like, how was he as a kid? Like, you know, that's, I always try to, to, to think that because as a kid, you know, we're, we're, you know, we like to think of ourselves as so innocent and daddy's little girl or daddy's little boy or mama's boy or something like that. Like, yeah. how was he as a kid? I mean, he's a, he's a super kid. I mean, the thing about my boys is, uh, and the way I raised them is, is I didn't be themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, the biggest thing for me was always lying. Um, stupid shit they're going to get caught up into and they got to learn from those. Uh, those are understandable, but to me, it was respecting your, your family, right. lying, and doing good in school. And that's all I expected from them. And they pretty much, you know, they could do whatever they want. I mean, um, he was never, he never got in trouble. Matter of fact, he was scared shitless of getting in trouble. But not to say he wasn't doing stuff that was bad. Because <laughs> yeah. Lord knows that. I was never in trouble. And I just never got caught. You know what I mean? Sure. But he was a, you know, he was a great kid. Um, you know, I think later in high school, once he started, um, sports wasn't his thing, man. He had asthma. He wasn't into that too much. 
he was really creative. And then I started teaching him how to play drums at an early, early age. Um, and so he became more of a musician type guy. And that's kind of where he, he hung his hat on. And then, you know, joined the uh, theater group, man, was, was a great actor. I mean, he had that type of personality. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, in high school, a little bit of drama here and there, but uh, it kind of kept to himself. He wasn't really a, he didn't really talk a lot about it, but you know, he did have some times when he felt depressed and we could see it, but nothing that to me was an alarming deal where it's like red flag. Yeah. You know, you, you know you, earlier you mentioned the, the fact that you, like you and your, your wife and your close immediate family kind of held it from the rest of the family. Was it because you thought that um, there was like shame to it because you, did you ever feel like you like you weren't doing your job as a parent or did you feel like maybe uh, they would look at him differently and and judge him for, you know, like the way he was? Yeah, no, not at all. Okay. It had nothing to do with with the way I was feeling or the way that he would. I felt like he was going to be perceived by okay. my family or anybody. It was more that I was trying to protect him, not having the anxiety of people knowing what he tried to do. Yeah. So it was more of me trying to shelter him from from that from that uh, type of deal. Yeah. You know, I would I went and bought him sleeves and stuff like that to cover his arms, so you know he wouldn't feel like that kind of that kind of way. But at some point when I saw him start to act up again with his drinking, that's when I just said, you know what, I'm letting everybody know because I can't do it by myself. I need them to help me. I need them yeah. to, to to join in and and let's you know let the family join together and try to work on his. Is, uh, it takes a village, right? Yeah, exactly. So that was the mentality, and we did, man. We tried. Everybody tried. Um, you know, we tried a couple times to get him to move out of here, go live with my sister for a while, try a different change of scenery. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think he's just he was just still struggling to find himself, and uh, I think he was just finding himself. So that's why, you know, not this is just, you know. It's a shock in that sense because we we saw positives leading up to this. Nothing negative. We're like, okay, he's downgrading. We need to jump in. It was more positives than negatives. So that's why we just were shocked. I mean, by this whole thing. Yeah, and um, I know that you play you play a lot of music. Uh, I've seen a lot of your posts and, and we'll get a chance to like plug those at the end, but um, you're a hell of a guitar player, man. Uh, oh, thanks. Yeah. I've been doing it for, <laughs> I've been doing it for a long time, brother, probably 30 some years, man. So, so if you, were, if, if you were, cause <clears throat> I know, um, I know your son, if, if you were, if you were both to battle each other, like in a guitar setting, like who, who would take that? I'd kick his ass easy. He wasn't so much as a soloist type of, type of style. That wasn't his thing, but what he would, where he would take me at is songwriting as far as chord progressions and coming up with some cool, cool stuff like that, that, you know, he could take any song and, and turn it around and make it his own song. Like, you know, one of his popular ones that he did whenever he was doing the uh, open, open mic nights was uh, Hey Ya from uh, uh, Outcast. Outcast. Yeah. You take that rap song and throw it on an acoustic and just dominate it. Wow. You know, 
and it was awesome. We'd take that, he'd take a bunch of old ones that would remind him of his mom and, you know, a couple other ones he would do. And then just, yeah, he would just take a song and take it and make it its, make it its own. How many kids, how many boys so, you got? I have three. He's the oldest. And uh, Sebastian now, he's 26. He just turned 26. And my youngest, uh, Isaiah, he's uh, he's 22. And Sebastian is the one that we coached over at Vista, right? Yeah, that was Sebastian. Yeah. So tell me a funny story about James, man. Oh, man, the, the guy's a character. I mean, the biggest thing is he could, he could bring us all, all to, to laugh. I mean... Um, acting like some kind of a mad scientist, he'd go into a character mode where, um, you know, we'd all be talking or something. He'd just come in and give some kind of a, uh, give some kind of a uh, talk. Um, you know, like, I don't know, like play actor or something, you know what I mean? And and he was just like real good at improv, man. And uh, that's really, that's really what, what, what I remember the most besides just, you know, him being who he is, I mean, that is just that that type of guy, man. I mean, he could come in the room and just like tear it up, you know what I mean? Like just make everybody happy, and uh, he keep us laughing all the time. Um, that's that's the kind of guy he was, you know what I mean? Always looking for somebody else, looking out for somebody else, making somebody else happy. And that's the thing I remember the most. If he were to choose, anything, go ahead. If if he were to choose, like, was he a mama's boy or a daddy's boy? You know, if there was a mm. where we need, you know, what are we gonna eat for dinner today? Dad says chicken, mom says pizza. Like, who's he gonna side with? Um, by by uh, the natural order of things, he's gonna go yeah. with mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so mom was like, you know, gonna do that. <laughs> but that being said, I know, I know, I know, he had a lot of respect. Oh for yeah, him, man. even his friends, he would just love to. I mean, that he he'd love to introduce him to him because you know what. When I had him, I was 18, okay? So I was young. And uh, so me introducing, getting introduced to his friends, man, they're like, what? My dad's like, in the 70s, man, you know? Your dad's cool as hell. We're out here drinking beer and, you know, and that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, I love that about him. He was, you know, he was still, he respected that, man. Grandma, real good with grandma. You know, both of the grandmas. Now, were you proactive before any of this? Like, or, or did you did you put all your energy into trying to help just your son? Like, did you did you see something that um, was all your focus just with your son, or, or were you already proactive in, in something that um, you thought could change? No, I mean, you would think. I mean, if, you know, I can't ever second guess anything, but. Um, my focus was, was James. Yeah. I've always focused on him. Um, you know, I'd lost like my uh, cousin, uh, two good friends, uh, a couple of distant friends, all to, to suicide as well. So I, I've had the experience before. Yeah. But, um, when I saw this with him, my focus was, was him. I mean, I, I never, um, you know, because I really didn't know too much of the families of some of them, some of them, except for my cousin, obviously. Um, you know, we try to help each other by doing stuff, memorial runs here and there, but we, we didn't really take it to that next step. You know what I mean? To 
become yeah. advocates for you know awareness. And right now um, you you are an advocate, right? I mean, you're you guys are oh well, yeah now assembling stuff. I mean, and and you know we've done we've done a few things. Um, and I have to give a shout out to Bosque Brewery who kind of really kicked off this whole this whole thing we've been doing. I owe it to them to kind of push me to do this. Um, and uh, you know when I was giving James's eulogy. I remember I had my back to uh, to the church. I didn't really, um, you know, had the back. I was in the front row, and I didn't know what was going on behind me, really, to be honest with you. And when I finally got up to give the eulogy, and I got up to the to the top, and then I turned around, and and oh my goodness, it was St. Genevieve's dude was just packed. I mean, standing room only uh, along all the walls. Every seat was filled up. There was people outside. The doors were open because people were outside looking in. Um, and I saw a lot of, lot of young faces out there, man. Yeah. And 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 I knew some of them, and I know that the lifestyle and the and the freaking um, social social media stuff can get how how it's you know out there crazy nowadays, and how people can get caught up in that that drama of it. And I, I used that as a way to, to not only just say what I was going to say about my, my James, but also just kind of did an impromptu speech about telling these kids that they need to talk to somebody, man, when you're feeling down, you can't be afraid uh, to talk to somebody, you know, um, that's the first, first thing is remember that it's not something you should be ashamed of how you feel. You need to tell somebody about it. And I, I kind of started that and, and there and from that moment on, I mean, I got so many people contacting me. They were telling me like, man, you touched me so much and this kind of thing. And and to me, I, I forgot everything I said after I got, <laughs> I got down from there, to be honest. I've with been you. there, man. You basically, but, you know, I, out. I moved yeah. so many people apparently, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's just, it, uh, that's kind of what started it. So we started off real small and we tried to, what got me with, more into it is it <clears throat> I wanted to try to do something in his name so right away we we opened up a fundraiser for suicide awareness on the national organization AFSP which is a American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and we opened one up in his name something real simple and just people you know instead of doing this you know donate to this and quickly we raised you know close to four thousand bucks just on that site um you know, so we, we did, we did it that way at first. And then I, and then I, I tried to figure like, well, how can I do something here for the community? What do we have in the community? How can I raise money in the community and try to see if we can get people to kind of work on it. So I started searching for local organizations in Las Cruces and guess what I found? Zero. Wow. None. None at all. It just totally floored me. Like what? That's not even here, that we don't have that. Looking at all the old numbers and it goes straight to the Santa Fe, if you call it 1-800 number and that kind of stuff. It's just, it blew my mind. So with that in mind, we started working closely with uh, Bosque to come up with the, um, they came up with an idea to brew a beer in his name, which is the whole Space Lion idea. Yeah. I'm sure you've been hearing about yeah. it. Um, Space Lion was his music persona. It's something that he used it, you know, kind of like the name of his band, so to speak, but it was him. You know, that space line was him. Why he chose the character, I'm not so sure, but now when I look at it, it seems to me like 
you know, just being a prowler in, in the galaxy, you know what I mean? That's kind of the way I, I picture him now, especially now with the power that he has to be able to touch people. You know, I think that's kind of more or less what, what I see him as. But we use that as a starting point, and Bosque decided to brew a beer and pitch in shirts and try to raise money and come up so we could come up with an organization here. And we we partnered up with Merck, uh, NMSU, and they didn't have anything, so we started a foundation in his name. So where's uh where's so, Bosque Brewery? Is it that's uh, yeah, it's off of University. They have a uh, you have an address. Their or main, anything that you want to you know what I don't I don't have the address right offhand. I can look it up. Let's um, it's off of University. That's where the tap room is at. Their main their main uh, uh, but they also come out of uh, Albuquerque. So let's find them. So anyway, so we started that there with them and, and we saw the momentum that, you know, they brewed a special beer in his name. It was called Space Lion with the, you know, Galaxy Hops. It kind of was the theme and then they came up with a design. Okay, so yeah, it says uh, 901 East University Avenue. And that's in Las Cruces, um, New Mexico. Las Cruces, New Mexico, 88001. So it's uh, Bosque Brewing. Um, you know, they, they have a little restaurant there too that, you know, serves the bar, serves the bar food, real good stuff. And of course they have a lot of beers on tap that they brew and stuff. So that was their, uh, you know, my son worked there for three days, bro. And that was enough for them that he, he touched them enough those three days. He left an impact. It did just, it just impact them so much that they decided to do this. And it's big what they're doing, man. I'm sure it's costing them more than. And just um, you know what the beer is doing. Obviously, I mean they're they're really donating a lot of the time and their effort. Um, Jess was uh, one of the ones that they were real helpful with us. It's just it's been amazing. So that happened. We did a we did a Space Lion um, release party as far as the the uh, beer tap the tap we tapped that and they donated all proceeds. They sold a bunch of shirts. Um, then I also did a concert at the local game sports bar. Yeah. On Espina, did a, a a fundraiser there, and we got a lot of people to donate stuff for raffle tickets. And man, we got close to probably about seven thousand dollars out of that event, just on that quick quick deal. And we put some money into the uh, NMSU Foundation in his name, so they could give some uh, you know money and awareness for NMSU people who are in school that are struggling also with depression. And then I went ahead and started a nonprofit account in his name with Citizens Bank, where I've where I stashed some other money in there. So I got money in there right now. That I'm still we're still building it because I plan on trying to use that for more local stuff down here. Uh, so that um that's the beginning yeah, of it. And then you had a walk, um, like a suicide awareness walk. Um, yeah, and what happens? What what that led to next was we contacted the the. AFSP, which is the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and we found out they, you know, they didn't have anything going on here as far as a chapter. So, I mean, they had a chapter up in Albuquerque, but nothing down here. And uh, my sister-in-law, Robin, she uh, she spearheaded this whole thing and got in touch with them. And next, you know, we had permits for Young Park. Um, you know, we started off slow as far as awareness. We started setting us. Uh, stuff that we could hand out. So we started promoting, getting it out there. We did some radio spots here and there, um, you know, and come to realize that they'd been trying to get down here for years. 
and we were the first ones to get, actually have something in Las Cruces for the Suicide Awareness Walk. We were expecting about 50 people. Turned out to be over 600 people showed up. And what? how much um, did you raise for that? I heard it was like a- Over $15,000, man. That's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and what they do is or this national organization takes half of it and the other half stays in the chapter. So with that, we can use it to get more literature, more handout stuff, and try to hold more events and use that to help us promote more events and that kind of thing. So it was real successful, man. It was a crazy, uh, crazy success. And we're just overwhelmed by this whole thing. Yeah. Um, um and you know, it's still continuing. Yeah. It, and, and it's only the beginning. I mean, you you definitely hit the ground running. You, I, I mean, like I can't. I would. You'll hear it all the time, Matt. Nobody wants to be in your shoes. You know, and it, it's one of those things where, if you are, you know, like they probably hope that they're the same proactive person like you are to get something going and being part of the solution instead of the problem. Right. And I think um, over this past week, you know, I had some stuff on social media and I thought it would kind of be a good little, you know, ask me questions. I'm going to do the episode um, with a good buddy of mine, whatever. And I got some pretty shitty comments on that. Um, and, you know, it, it, it sparked up a lot of people that, that are followers of myself on, on my Instagram and just the, I, I think the most common word in there was ignorance, man. Ignorance was the biggest thing that we're like, how can somebody post that? You know, that's ignorant. That's this, that's that. Mm-hmm. But. The, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, it's uh, it's something to try to stay away from because no one uh, will ever be in my shoes, right? And 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 a lot of people who have dealt with it because man, this is this is like number four in New Mexico causes of death. Uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's just it's a horrible thing. So when people are ignorant like that, I don't feel like I need to to get them to understand what the deal is. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, it'd be nice for them to be able to to understand it somehow through some way that, you know what, maybe your ignorance, you know, maybe you could change something. Maybe you could save a life if you're not so, you know, so freaking ignorant about it. Yeah. Um, hey, I mean, I've got two know. kids, man, and they both read it. And they're like, Dad, like, how can somebody? And, you know, I the way I expressed it to them was like, look, they're either, they're, they may be in it themselves they may have been um, coping with it on, you know, because either a friend or, you know, a family member or a father or son or something, and they just don't know how to cope with it. I mean, it's not so much to be judged. Um, I mean, ignorance comes in all forms. uh, But I I think that, you know, I, I, you know, I personally have been in the same boat um, as far as not yours, but, you know, my, my father-in-law, um, and I don't want to talk too much about it because I really don't have permission for my wife and stuff like that. But, um, this past November, he, um, he was real sick and he, you know, chose to, to go 
his route and, 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 you know, uh, take his life. Um, and it was because that's, he, that was the only thing he had control of anymore, you know? And, yep. you know, it's impacted us. I've had, you know, a cousin, same thing I've had, um, um, close family that again attempts and and it breaks the it breaks the family up man i mean and i don't mean like separates them i mean it 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 really impacts them because of the fear that you have like can i rest my head tonight you know and yeah you can't really rest if you're worried about the person because you know he's yeah he or she's not not doing too good and so you're you're not resting and it just and then Post-traumatic stuff, man, is where it gets to be hard to, and where that's where we're dealing with as a family right now. We have a lot of uh, we're going to counseling. Um, you know, it's it's not easy. I mean, I've battled through depression before this, and I'm still taking depression pills. So yeah, I would always get with James, and we'd be in our downest days, and tell him, "Look, man, we can get through this." Me and you, and I would tell him, "We can get through this," and we would help each other out through. Our times that were they were happening at the time or whatever reason it was, we'd help ourselves help help ourselves out. The biggest thing that's out there too, besides raising awareness, is when it does impact your family, it's a support system you need to have put in place. Because it's it's difficult for the survivors of of suicide that are you know, like us, for example. Um, you know. We have a huge family, a lot of love. It's hard for us um, to get through this. It's, it's, you know, you go through all kinds of phases of it. Blame, blame yourself, anger. How come I didn't do this? Why didn't I do that? I should have done more of this. How come, you know, I didn't do this? The bottom line is, it's almost like survivors. There's really nothing we could have done, man. Like, I mean, like survivors just, I don't think there's anything. Would you, would you call it yeah, that? There's nothing. Yeah, I can't see how we, we could live with them every day. And uh, we still wouldn't be here when something, you know, we couldn't be here every single minute or every single second. So, you know, um, that's something we have to live with, man. I mean, I go back to all the times and I could have done something, didn't, you know, did this, did that. Why didn't I go? Why didn't I do this when I first started, you know, looking for him? And this, I mean, it's just endless, man. Every night I go to sleep and I, I see his face every night. And it's just, uh, um, it's it's painful to deal with. You know, I think I get very much sleep. Um, getting through that is pretty, it's pretty tough and it's still going on now. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh... we got to keep on. Moving forward, right? All right. What other events do you guys have coming up for for awareness and? Uh, well, for this year, that's ones that we organized. This year is it. Um, another group popped up all of a sudden. They'll be doing a little walk on uh, tomorrow. I think it's at the NMSU Horseshoe at six thirty. Um, we weren't part of that one, so I'm not sure who who started that. But it's good that they're doing it, so we'll participate with that. But other than that. There may be another AFSP um, deal in November, just kind of a quick deal that we might put together. But other than that, we don't have any any big 
big major fundraisers. I think next year I'm going to plan on doing a bigger concert and uh, try to maybe get the Rio Grande Theater and get a bunch of my, my musician buddies to, you know, jump in there, donate some time and see if we can't pack that place and make some money for the, for the organization and, or just awareness, you know? Yeah. What's the name of your band? The name of the band is Triple Jack. I remember that now that you mentioned that. Yeah. How long have they been around? Yeah. We've been around for about 13 years now with the same group. And, uh, yeah, we're pretty, we got a pretty good following, man. It's a pretty good deal. Try to play at least twice a month. Um, I also play in Latin Function Project. It's a, it's a, it's like a Cuban kind of cumbia kind of style of music, too. It's also stuff I do with that band, too. But Triple Jack's my main group. And uh, we try to, I try to stay busy like twice a month, man. Um, Every weekend gets to be rough because it's, it's, you know, it wears a lot on me, but, you know, we try to stay busy. If there's one message that you could provide to parents um, as far as, you know, I'm not, I'm not, ta- I'm not, only because you've been through the experience. I'm not going to hold you like as some guru or somebody that knows all the answers now because they've been through it, but like, at this moment, if you could talk to a parent, what would you tell them if they're if they're going through the same experience that you that you've gone through um, prior to him? Well, you know, signs and what? Yeah. What could you say? Well, without knowing their situation, mm-hmm. but knowing my situation, how I think I could have done better, and knowing what I know now, obviously post. Um, the situation. I think the key thing that I think that anybody as a parent or even as a friend, um, you need to talk to them. You need to keep on them and you need to keep asking them how you're doing, what's happening, what's going on, what do you, you know, how, what are you into, you know, and try to break their whatever kind of loop that's in their, their thinking. You know, talk to them, break their loop. Yeah, try to get involved so you can break whatever dark feeling or whatever what they're feeling down, get them out of that. I think too many times people are afraid that if, and, and I was like, I don't want to ask them about it because I don't want to trigger something. I don't want to trigger a bad mood. So I'm going to avoid it. And then you avoid it. And then you miss the opportunity that you could have done in there to try to in, interject some positivity. So my thing is just to be engaged and be involved and always, always try to, to communicate with them. Um, now, that way with you know with, with everything that you've assembled, with everything that you've assembled with all the awareness that you're doing, are there hotlines? Are there like, what, like, is there a place for a parent to call saying like, Hey, I'm having trouble with my child or, um, there well, that's, may be some signs. Is there anything that they, that. Well, right, right now they, I don't, I mean, that's what I was telling you is there's not really stuff around here in Las Cruces. I mean, right now, um, you know, it's, it's almost like nine one one. Yeah. So we're trying to establish that, but I'm sure there's numbers out there, but I just couldn't find them. Even if you search now, like um, uh, some kind of suicide hotline in Cruz Las Cruces, you're not going to find, <laughs> I'm going to find yeah. anything. And, you know, there's one, it's a national hotline and it's still good. But to me, it seems impersonal for people that are here in this little town. Like, we are you going to call out of town? So, you know, I don't know. I just, that's kind of what we're trying to establish. And, you know, I apologize. I don't have a better uh, no, list of that. That's kind of what we're trying to do and make a website. Like I, I would tell you, um, 
go to the website. There's a bunch of links there. We're going to start doing it. But I will tell you the website that we started for my son. It's it's called uh, it's a www.spacelionforlife.com. And four is the number four. Okay. Spacelionforlife.com. And, and then there's the webpage we just started. Currently, it just has uh, links to uh, the uh, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and then some pictures of him. Um, we're going to be working on, on setting up some some uh, links there and to try to get some kind of an app that could give us uh, local numbers and those kind of things to, to put on there. So that's the start of it anyway. So I'm working with some guys to make that a better website. website. But my buddy Robert Moreno put that together for me. Cool. Now, if there's one thing that you could tell the young the young whippersnappers of like what they're going through, what, what would that be? Um, somebody that's on the flip side and I know cause I deal with it is you got to talk like talking to you right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's helpful in a sense because my mind thinking about it, thinking about how I could do things better. Um, and, and talk to somebody. You can't be afraid to talk to somebody. You don't have to hide don't be embarrassed if you're feeling down. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be afraid to, to reach out to somebody. It's, it's uh, you know, it can change things because you start talking about it. You can release some built up stuff that's in you and you can, you can feel better that you got it out at least. And, and also receive what you can back. So don't just be one sided. Listen to what people are telling you. They're not always right either, but at the same time, you at least got something off your chest and you're not hiding it. It's not building up to the point where it's, it's, it's really too much to handle. And that's, that would be my advice to any, any guys out there or anybody who's dealing with depression and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's, it's rough, man. I know firsthand cause I deal with it. I take pills every day, anxiety pills, all the stuff, man. I, I know it. So, you know, sometimes I'll even talk to uh Mention that like today, I you know I just feel like I had to tell somebody that you know what man, I, my eyes have been filled up with tears you know all day long. So it's yeah, talk to somebody. Hey, let's go have a burrito, man. Just talking, I would tell him not somebody that I trust or anything like that. I would just tell me, hey, man, I'm I'm feeling down right now, and it's helped me. So that's what I would say, man. Yeah, I I can't thank you enough for taking this time because I, I honestly I'm a parent like I said you're a parent there's a lot of parents out there that are um, you know raising kids in this day and age of social media and all this other stuff um, some people are just a-holes across the board bullying this I mean just just stuff you know that person's not good enough or this person's not you know uh, either rich enough to hang out with us or just like whatever the case is like Anything that for them to be an a hole, yeah, man. you know, their yeah. shoes aren't up to par. And it, I, like I said, I can't thank you enough because of the fact that it's um, something that you are taking your time to do, and the proactiveness that you have is is amazing. I mean, it what you're doing is a good thing, and always know that. Um, and and your son's proud of you, man. and not only you know James, but I mean. I'm sure that the example that you have for your, um, for your kids now, I mean, they, I'm sure they saw you as a badass before, but now it's like, man, dad is a badass and we're, we're all doing this together. Um, so 
feel good about that. Man. Well, I appreciate it, man. And yeah, thanks. Thanks for bringing this up. It's good to talk about it. And uh, we should do it again after I get things more set up and yeah. give you better news about what we're doing, what the web page is done, and where this money's gone, how it's helped people, and this kind of stuff. So definitely like to do that. And uh, updates are always good. And but, then, you know, um, call and we can get off of this subject and we can just talk shit. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I know for sure that I like you to get your, your word out there. So, like, uh, we already got your website um, out there. So, it's www.spacelionforlife.com with right. the number four. And then um, on Twitter, uh, you want to give out your Twitter handle because um, I know that there's a lot of things that I read, like you post and it's like, yeah, you know, he's, he's kind of feeling it today or, um, yeah. you know, and, it, and it's always good to kind of reach out there, you know, cause it's not, um, it, it, it shouldn't be taboo about it. You know, like if you, if you're having a shit day, like I've always told my wife, like if I'm having a shit day, man, I, I'm, you're going to see that I'm having a shit day. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that's where you use social media sometimes and then sometimes somebody reaches out to you and that's good. Or somebody uh, yeah. is an asshole, then you can get pissed off instead of being sad. <laughs> so, one way yeah, or you wake up and say, "Oh no, 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 delete, delete." <laughs> so, yeah, but um, uh, my, my Twitter handle is at uh, y magoda, so it's uh, m a g o d a seventy one. It's just uh, it's you know, it's my personal one. I just I don't try to get too preachy on there. I I don't like to get too political either, but I can't stand certain people. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm allowed to, to do that, man. But I mostly try to keep it to bears talk, and a yeah. couple of my personalities come out, but it's mostly bear talk, man. It's we got a lot of good friends on there that Chicago Bear fans, and you know that's that's kind of what I try to use it on. But sometimes I slip, you know. So yeah, and, and you have the same handle for Instagram, right? Yeah, same on Instagram. Facebook is uh, Triple Jack Music, not Triple Jack Music, but it's I don't use that for that too that much. But uh, yeah, it's separate. Yeah, it's cool, man. So, well, um, I appreciate you being on the the Gulo Show podcast, man. It's uh, it's up and coming, so I mean, we're, it's something I've always wanted to do because I've I've been a creator for a while, whether it be drone work or videos, photography. Um, things like that. So, well, you can help me with my you know, web page, web page, man. Come on, get off your get off yeah. your butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm down. Well, right and, on, uh, man. Well, I appreciate it too. It's you know something we got to talk about. Take these broken wings and learn to fly all your life. You're only waiting for. This moment to arise Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these sunken eyes and learn to see All your life You're only waiting for this moment to be free
This moment to arrive.